Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. You're not going to offend anybody on this show, I promise. Okay, but do you, do you edit things? No. No. Okay. No, like. I don't edit anything. Yeah, All right. All right. Unless you say yeah. something about somebody and you're like, hey, you got you to gotta cut that out. You can't. No, I won't say I'll, I won't say any names. Yeah. You say something about him, though. You can say really yeah, terrible things about him. About us. So. And did you know that he signed up for like five or six demos and never done any of them? Dave, what's your no, last I name? No, I did. I did. Um, I did. I did one. Dave, what's your last name? Let's not let's not discuss that. <laughs> it's Roman. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, if you just give me somebody at your place that I can. So that turned into a thing too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can I make a tiny suggestion? Sure. Absolutely. Can you completely scrap your sales process? <laughs> <laughs> I told you he's here's terrible. A, here's here's the thing. You have, from what Lucas tells me, a wonderful product. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Laura Tierney. Yes. ARS, right? ARS loaner. Shop loaner. Shop loaner. Shop loaner in this world. .com, yeah. right? Yes. Is a website? Correct. Okay. So he raves about your product all the time. He says it's the best thing ever. I can't, every problem, anything ever comes up, loaner vehicle. He goes, oh, well, that, yeah, ARS. The, the, the. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have that. He's like, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's, and the price point is unbelievable. Okay. Literally okay. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. So tell me where it. So when you have a company say, hey, you got to sign up for a demo, immediately, this is several thousand dollars a year. That's the first thing you think. And the reason why they have to get me on the phone is because they got to pitch me. Otherwise, they're not going to close the sale. If I click on a button and it pops up and it tells me that it's $1,000 a month. At $1,000 a month, Mm -hmm. I got to be schmoozed, right? That's just the way it works. Right. Not at your price point. Okay. At your price point, it's can I get a free seven day free demo? You're and then after seven? seven days, fourteen if you want. Okay. After fourteen day so free demo. We're too nice. What's that? Are we too nice? No, 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 no. Oh, no, it's you guys are lovely. It's not okay. that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is let me into the software. Yeah. And then when I sign up or like sign put I put in a credit card, you get thirty days to, to cancel. Okay. At that point, hey, we're going to set you up with an onboarding specialist. Okay. And then we'll guide you through, ask, answer any questions, mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there. And that's, that's it. That's the entire sales process. Because the price point that you guys are offering this at yeah. doesn't need me to sit through a demo. I don't want a demo. Okay. And the and uh, this isn't uh, just you think he will call back later and complain and be like why is this not working yeah. i do not call anybody ever that's obviously a lie if well, anybody's well, ever heard any of our podcasts a lot of times they know people, i don't call i will just say when people do my demo oftentimes they don't need any onboarder or training if they are what i call tech savvy so they yeah, do the sure. te- the uh, like a 30 minute demo and they're off to the races yeah but we still offer onboarding and training right so, yeah well sure, for sure and, and make sure you like you talk right into. Okay, like sorry. Um, okay. No, I I get that. Okay. If the the software, when I remember playing with it, because I think you and I emailed back and forth at uh-huh. one point, and I go, "Look, can you just let me in? Because yeah. I don't want I don't want to do any of this." Thing. Okay. And you said, "Yeah, sure. Click here. There you go. Go in." Yeah. It was intuitive enough that I can muddle my way through it and I can get in there. And if there are some additional features or whatever. But even if you wanted to set up a seven-minute video where, like, here, let me show you through the software, and it's there, and no interaction. Okay. I mean, we have all that. 
That's wonderful. Turn yeah. it on and turn off the demo thing. Here's we, here's we the reason have, why. Maybe we should offer like, do you want a free trial or do you or do you want a demo? demo? Here's here's the yeah. issue. Uh, I'm not trying to beat you up. Or no, it's okay. We just you, met. You, you've got to remember this guy is like. Don't make excuses for me, dear. Oh, I'm making I'm excuses fine. for you. This little fella here is super like antisocial. And no, so no, no, no. That's not the that's not the issue. Here's here's what happens. We miss the demos. Right. And I feel like a dirtbag. Oh, and I see. it's because you know I I missed we missed like the meeting, and then I get the the third or fourth phone call like hey look when you find a time and I'm like it's not that it's just we got fires all day long yeah and that ten o'clock appointment we really meant to be there when we right. set it up but I haven't even seen the software like I've got to do the demo before I can even get in there and see that this is this is perfect okay. for me. So what I'm asking is like, can you, you make that just go away? Click a button, sign click up a for button. a free trial, which we had we had that all set up and ready to go. Like you basically are going to fill in your own data fields and create your own account. But we didn't have a whole lot of we don't have a whole lot of people getting from point A to point B with that. Right. So that's why that's where the demo came in, the hand holding. The yeah, I I mean I could see that, but I don't know why anybody would sign up. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, maybe you were getting the wrong people on there. <laughs> why? Why would they sign up and go of, we could like put both on the website? It's I mean, super easy to set up. It is. Well, it's you like would if you're going to get into the software. Like, why wouldn't you sit through? And I'm like, okay, I need the shop's information. I need to put in the vehicle information for my loaners. I, I, whatever else that needs to be set up. Like, why wouldn't you go through that whole process? And and I hear this from the shop man the uh, uh, like we have both have shopware in our shops right. right, and shopware used to do seven day freeze free demo or maybe it was thirty day I don't remember what it was but you could sign up and you could you could start running tickets in in shopware mm-hmm. from day one just go yep which is why I loved it because I was able to click around and figure it out okay. About two or three days later, I get a call from Shopware, and they're like, hey, I saw you signed up for a demo. Just what I'm telling you. like That's what okay. you guys need to do, follow-up call and be like, hey, okay. I saw you signed up for a demo. H- how are you liking it? What can I help with? What are you struggling with? And I went, you know, you guys don't have this, that, the other. It's like, oh, you're on our free demo. Click, click, click. Check it now. It's all there. Yeah. And like, I, that was it. So you think it would be nice if I put the free trial up for people who want to start with the free trial and you fill out your own information. You put your cars in, and they put their credit card in. So there's a little skin in the game that there's maybe skin in the game. Yeah, that you've got there. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now, and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. 30 days. You've got 30 days, yeah. and we're going to hit you with the credit card after that the 30 days. Awesome. The price point is is negligible. Yeah. For what you guys offer, right? it's it, it's an insignificant amount of money. The funny thing is you say that, and we get people on the other end of the spectrum, and they're like, how much is this going to cost? And I'm like, really? I, I mean, like, after this, you tell them the price, 
I mean, I have people that have two cars and I tell them we have a $25 a month minimum. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's $9 a VIN and we give price breaks for really large fleets, but the, we have a $25 minimum and people are like, well, I don't know if I want to add that or I, our shop integrations are $19 a month to pull data from your shopware yeah. or your tech metric or whatever. People sometimes will say to me like, really? $19? What is that for? And I'm like, I um, we have to pay. I I I forget about sixty dollars subscriptions, and I'm like looking through my bank account. And I'm like, oh, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I. Oh. It, it's so like. I think it's like uh, I think the th- for me the threshold is like one fifty. Yeah. It once we hit one fifty, now it's like oh, like I kind of felt that. I like right. I saw that come through. Yeah. I and agree. I saw the bank account. If it's less than a hundred dollars. I'm I'm not even feeling it. Like it just pops up. It's like okay. it's like it's like my QuickBooks. My QuickBooks is like fifty three dollars a month. I don't. You need it. Yeah. I, I can I get your credit card though before I leave. <laughs> it's gonna expire at the end of the month. So <laughs> I I like um I couldn't imagine not having shop owner. I would be like all to pieces. It I've would got be some clapped out cars, dear. That's why I'm saying, like, I need that. I, because it's clapped out? What? Yeah. I, the the whole maintenance feature. <laughs> so uh, so Jade doesn't just like, here you go. Here's the loaner. Here you go. Here's the loaner. Hey, the wheel was falling off of that one. <laughs> oh. So what we do to get around that is uh, it, when it feels like it's been out for a while. <laughs> you, and we put uh, stickers in our windshields. So mm-hmm. we're like when we're checking it for gas because that that's been the biggest thing that he's like oh no dear they don't bring it back without gas because yeah. i hit their credit card and i go hey i need to do something like that especially when gas jumped up to four dollars a gallon or whatever yeah here locally uh all of a sudden i'm like hey this is a big deal that you used five gallons of gas absolutely because everybody's like oh i just drove it home and to work once it's like, okay, what you didn't tell me was 30 miles. Yeah. And this thing gets 15 miles to the gallon. So you just used up two gallons. That's 10 bucks yeah. that you just piddled away that you're expecting me to cover that I didn't factor into my into my invoice. Yeah. Right. Well, but I mean, it, it's more than that, right? Like, so, A, that, that's automated and that's pretty cool. But like the whole uh, liability factor of all this. Right. Like I, I was doing the, the little paper forms, right? Like everybody fills out. Yeah. And then I signed up for shop owner and then I looked at that agreement and I thought, shit, I could have been sued or something. <laughs> this is not the same thing. This is not the same kind of agreement. Yeah. Right. Like what's, what's the, when we look at that, what's the difference? Because like my paper agreement was basically if you wreck the car, it's your fault. If you wreck the car, your insurance pays for it, and I need a picture of your driver's license, right? That was my paper form. It had some, like, legal mumbo-jumbo on there. Right. But then, like, when I signed up and I printed my first agreement, it's, like, all the way down the back of this sheet of paper, like a rental agreement. And I'm, like, reading through it, and I'm, like, I never thought about that, and I didn't know about that. Oh, man. Well, I mean, we started out in the car dealership world. Right. So they're putting somebody in a brand new vehicle in their service department. And they have insurance companies that they subscribe to for all their vehicles. They have a set insurance policy. And that set insurance company has a set form that they have to use. And then over the years, we have car dealerships that maybe weren't in their courtesy transportation program. So they had no fallback. Where do we get the form from? Where do we go for insurance? And um, that's where we started with, you know, that pretty intense form on the back. And it's basically like you're driving a car that doesn't belong to you. Let me think of anything that could possibly happen that you need to be aware of. Well, how many times have you seen that have to be used? I mean, do, do things happen to loaners that those things on the back of that sheet of paper apply to? Absolutely. So um, the the back is like the kind of like everything you could think of plus the kitchen sink. Right. You know, um, and I 
could tell you I have had a few people call me up and say, oh my gosh, thank goodness I had that form because as soon as I pulled that out, the insurance companies were just like, okay, yeah, you're completely covered. This person signed this, said their insurance was first. The second thing that I've had happen is people tell me, oh, by taking their credit card, they know I'll just uh, swipe their credit card or take their credit card and um, they're deductible for their insurance right. policy right through our system uh, because we have their credit card number on file. And so they're not even going to mess around with that either. Like, right. you know, well, you're not going to pay out that $500 deductible. I have your credit card number. I'll take the we'll 500. Just, yeah, yeah. It says right on there. You signed off right. that you would pay that. And it puts like a hold on it, just like a, a enterprise or whatever else. Right. Like it, it's got I, a way that it does that. Actually, it's in my opinion, it's better than that because if you rent a car, a lot of times you want to get paid up front because there's nothing um, in the shop world. You have their car, and they should come back to you to get their right. vehicle back. And so, there's no real reason for you to charge them up front before they walk out the door. At Enterprise, usually you see maybe even like a charge, and then they have your card on top of that to add on. Um, incidentals. Right. Whereas in the shop world, what we do is we put on a pre-authorized hold. It just tokenizes the card. Let's say you want $50 held on their credit card. You're not really charging their card. Okay. And so there's no merchant account fee associated with that. You create that token. And when you return the vehicle, we automatically release the hold. Right. So now they don't see that $50 hold on their card anymore, but that token stays attached to the agreement and you can go back and reopen it and add uh, charges oh, when that's they that's cool. Yeah, when they um, return the car, if you know, mainly that's going to be like an after hours type thing where drop yeah. it off after hours. You come in, they haven't replaced the fuel, they've you know trashed the car, and you want to charge them a detailing fee. Um, you can charge their card at the time of the return. It's still going to release the fifty dollars and charge extra. You know, it'll charge fifty plus the extra um, with. Things like tolls, tickets, and fines. Those are the things I call post-return charges. Okay. You know, three, four weeks go by, and now you found out, depending on what area of the country you live in. You oh, know, yeah, I've had that happen. Yeah, I get, got a picture of the back of my Buick crossing through the K-Tag lane with no K-Tag in it. What What did the lady think? She had a K-Tag? I don't understand what well, she was Well, but I mean, doing. in rental cars, that's what you do, right? Like most rental cars, you just you go and you... Get the fine, or they get the bill later in the mail. The, the problem is in Kansas. If you go through the K tag thing with a K tag, it's two dollars. If you go through the K tag without a K tag, there's the fee for the toll plus the penalty because you used the lane that wasn't yours. So now it's thirty dollars. So now I got to pay out thirty dollars, or they're gonna like lock my l- registration down. I'm just saying, like I'm used to when that happens, right? Like I I, I rent Alamo all the time. They just put a bill on my card and I just pay and I go on about my way. I don't think another thing about it. Like I don't ever think. About so it. you look back and you see, Oh, you know, Dave was in this car three weeks ago on this date. It had to have been him who went through that toll and had the violation. You charge the card. And then in our system, there's also a thing right at the top of that page where you can send a text message. You can even set up templates so that you don't have to type it out every time and say, hey, you remember per our rental agreement, our loaner agreement, yeah. you agreed that you would pay these things. So that's why you're going to see a charge on your credit card. And then that keeps them from, A, calling the shop upset. Why did I just see a $30 charge on my card right. three weeks later? Or disputing the charge, which is a pain in the neck too. Yeah, definitely. And you, you have the documentation for the disputed charge on the form at least. But why do you want to have to go through any of that? Yeah. Right, if you can avoid it. And and the thing, like the tracking of it, right? Because before when that happened, I had to go like pull out a piece of paper and then I had to find it and make sure that was the person that was in the car. And then I had to call them and say, hey, you had a toll fee. And it was all that, that wasn't me or that, you know? I just paid the fee. I was mad too. I just sent the pay fee. Kansas Kansas makes it super easy. They're like, hey, just go to this website and click a couple buttons and you pay the fees. Like, thanks, Kansas. Well, I mean, I guess I'm just saying like. Their tire tax is not like that, by the way. The tire tax in Kansas has to be filed with paper. Paper. Same in North Carolina. Maybe we should write some uh, software for that. I know. That would be a good idea. They have software for all the other taxes. 
Yeah. And I'm like, hey, you guys online, so I can just click a couple buttons and pay the tax sales, the excess tax. They're like, no. Okay, so you want me to fill out this form and mail it? Yeah. Oh wow. Like, I'll get I'll get to it. Thanks for calling. <laughs> well, so I, I guess my point though is like you've needed this for a while, and like you can track your cars. You can track exactly where your cars at. Like I can log in right now and I can see where my loaner cars are. I can see. I, I don't know that I would airport. want to know where my cars are. I had uh, I had this guy. <laughs> this like old skinny guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, can can I get a loaner? Sure, no problem. We put him in our Buick, my uh, 99 Buick Regal. It's a fine automobile, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> he, and the, the guy takes off. We fix his vehicle. He, he, I think he brought it back a day or two late. And he comes back and he picks up his car. He leaves. We get in the car and it, the car smelled off. <laughs> it smelled off. There was something wrong. With the car. We find drug paraphernalia in the in the vehicle and uh, and lubricant. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Just in the car. I'm just sitting there. Like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, was, maybe he was a male prostitute. Oh, oh, that is, no. David, that's right down your alley, man. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things to do is we have a, what's called the do not rent list. Yeah. And so you put that guy on the do not rent list and you can type in a reason why he's not to get a car Male again. Male prostitute. <laughs> prostitution. When I don't I'm, think he was prostituting himself out. I'm sure he picked yeah. up some some companions in my rental. My favorite thing to do is to look in the database of the do not rent list, yeah. the reasons for do not rent. <laughs> oh, Empty man. bottle of Remy found under the seat. <laughs> you know, oh my tons God. of them always say like reeked of weed. Yeah. 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 The weed, the weed things like it's a, become a thing now. I, it's probably every third time we get a car back. It, it's one of the loners. It reeks of weed. When we put like do not smoke stickers all anything. in the vehicle. Do not smoke anything. anything. Yeah. Right. You know, and that might be it. They're like, oh, I'm not smoking a cigarette. So it's fine. It's not it's not tobacco. So it's fine to hotbox my car. <laughs> well, and then it sits in the sun a little bit. You think you have it removed. Oh, and then yeah. The next client gets in, in it. Or, we bought yeah. an ozone machine just, just to try it, but it doesn't completely get rid of this. You have to run it several times. Before it'll, it'll completely get rid of the smell. I met a guy who does that for a living. He's, he's called the odor doctor. Really? He, he uses like high pressure, like an air compressor to shoot into the air vents. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he also steam cleans the seats with the ozone or something at the same time. I've, I'm not tested it. I'm not going to. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he makes a living cleaning weed Making out of cars. Smell that. That's yeah. crazy. I wouldn't have yeah. thought of that. Maybe I need a new business. That sounds like a really good business. I know, right? But, you know, I I often, when I think about getting out of the automotive industry, because it's miserable, I think about what can I do that requires as little, like, complaint dealing with as possible. And something like that. And like, hey, you didn't get the smell out. Or you smoked in it again. Like, which one is it? I, I don't know. It seems like too much work. Too many moving parts. So uh, you've you've got some some stories for us. Absolutely. Of of the craziest loaner car stories you've got. Let's hear them. Okay. So some of the things that we put on the agreement, it, we give everybody their own disclaimer box. I call it. You put your own language on there about what you really don't want people to do in your car, like smoke. But maybe you need to put "Don't smoke weed" in right. my car. I have a story of a brand new vehicle and it said on the disclaimer box no pets in the vehicle right it followed that rule it took the car deer hunting and put a deer <laughs> that was field dressed in the trunk of like a brand new chevy malibu <laughs> brand new brand new that and is a smell and a stain that does it. I mean, for those of you who don't know what but, that's like. No, but I have one that smells worse than that. So I have a, um, 
I have a customer down in South Carolina near right. the ocean, and um, they sent a car out, and it was, again, a loner car. Someone took it to the ocean to go fishing with a bait box, bait bucket, oh. it put that in the trunk. It spilled in the trunk. <laughs> no. But the problem is they, they somewhat cleaned it up. But as you know, South Carolina gets pretty warm in the summer. Yeah. So they brought it back, closed the car up. They didn't say a word to anybody about it. <laughs> it sat in the parking lot for three days in like 95-degree heat. And they they had to they couldn't do anything with that car. I think they had to like I think they wound up like taking the trunk um apart and the back seat out of the car. Yeah. And had to replace like the lining of the back seat because it smelled like dead bodies. Yeah. I could not get it out. That there are YouTube videos of guys who have mistakenly left bait coolers on a boat for a couple of days. Ooh. And they'll open it, and like it's a thing. Like they, these people get oh. these videos, they know that they're gonna have to open this bait cooler, and so they'll open this bait cooler, and like there's challenges. Like no, if just you, throw it away, right? If you can keep it down, <laughs> like if you can keep your stomach at bay, opening this cooler, is it small bad enough that'll make you puke? Oh, it, oh yeah, it's really? like dead body smell. Yeah, it, it's, I've never smelled a dead body. What's that smell like? <laughs> it's bad. You've never smelled like a even like a dead animal on the side of the road that's been there a um, few days. Yes, yeah, maybe have. like a dead mouse. I mean, it's mouse. like, yeah. Where, no. where do you live? You don't ever like see like a roadkill, like what a about, deer. What about that beaver in front of it the shop? Frozen. It was oh, frozen. Oh yeah, smell. frozen doesn't smell. Yeah, that it wasn't be a beaver. Terrible. It was a groundhog. Yeah, that would be. I would quit. What? I would just like. Oops, the car caught on fire. I mean, that it, might be better if you is, catch it on fire. Is there coverage in there? Like, I, I mean. I'm gonna, I don't really want to talk about insurance fraud. I think. <laughs> no, I'm going to put David's name in there. It's okay. Let's <laughs> say David ran in my car. I think probably setting the car on fraud. fire might be their best bet. Yeah. Mm. You have to scrap the car. Well, no, they if they, they replaced took the back seat out. Yeah, I believe. They, they I mean, I think that that's the, where they were with that yeah. one. They were just to the point where they had to remove the back seat, like wherever it had been wet. We were fixing some guy's car. It was a Colorado. Every yeah. time we got in it, it reeked. Of trash, like hot trash smell. Oh, yeah. And we, like, nobody wanted to drive this car, and we were, like, pulling it out of it and moving it to the overflow lot and then pulling it back in front of the shop. And everybody's like, nope, not driving it today. I can't stand the smell. So I'm like, this is stupid. I'm going to find the smell. So I went digging in the guy's car, looking for the smell, just, you know, like, and I found it. It was a bag of potatoes. Had been sitting there for I don't even know how the potatoes were mushy. The potatoes get yeah. really nasty smells. Yeah, they they turned to mush. They had sprouted some. They had sprouted, but the bottom ones, the ones at the very bottom, had turned into uh, into mush. Compost. They'd, yeah, they had decomposed, and uh, so compost doesn't smell on its own uh, if it's properly aerated. It's when it's not aerated and turns anaerobic. It's all of a sudden. It smells terrible, and that's how you know your compost isn't getting like moved around, and you yeah. don't have enough worms in there. You don't have good good bacteria in there. Is it shouldn't smell? Nice. That shouldn't have smelled. But that was sitting sitting in a hot bag for who knows how long. That guy left that in there for. Um, how do you not know? Months. I, well, I can tell you. I have four kids. They're all grown now. But when I rem- I had a Chevy Tahoe when I had four kids, and they would be in there different places in there. And for weeks, I'm like, this car just smells like fermentation. Right. You know, and you're looking around and you think you're going to find like their cup of milk or their, you know, whatever. It was an apple that someone didn't uh, eat yeah. and it had rolled under that third row seat. Right. Yeah. Couldn't find. I mean, I was looking everywhere. I mean, but those seats like flip up. So when I finally flipped the seat up, same thing. It was like turned to liquid. I'm like, oh. It was like apple wine. I, you know, the worst, the the only thing we've ever had that was really nasty in a loaner car was that uh, they had a car seat in the back and, and one of the little ones, like, infant, the mic, dear. one of the infants had, like, <laughs> let her fly, right? Mom had fed the infant. The infant burped up in the back of the car <gasps> and they didn't clean it up and it oh. went down, like, in the crack of the seat. Well, we parked the car and didn't think anything about it, 
right? Nobody knew it was back there, and it didn't smell when they dropped the car off, and they they wiped it up. They thought they got it all, but it was the Jetta, and you know how they've got like the the bigger notch in the back seat because it's got the armrest. Yeah. Well, it like went all down in beside oh. that, so yeah. it goes in there, and it sits outside in the hot sun. Right. And oh my god, the smell that thing had in it. And we've had like dog smells. We were just talking about the the town and country. Um, she let her boyfriend drive it. He hits a deer, right? The the vehicle is in, in terrible shape. And like of all the things, the center console is out of the vehicle. And I'm like, how does this like what? Well, it was it was really inconvenient. So we uh we took it out. You took the center console out of, of your my loaner car. Yeah. You took the center console out of my loaner car. Like, <laughs> do you still have it? Yeah, we've got it. Do you have all the stuff that attaches it? Yeah, got that too. Why didn't you leave it in it? Like, you know, and so they bring it back over and like, oh, we'd rather just pay you guys to put it back in. Like you've seen the inside of this, like there's trash bags and there's dog hair and there's just, I mean, it's disgusting. Wow. And like, they don't even care. They don't even think anything about it. How much did you charge them? $400. Oh, good for you. And I'm like, hey, it's going to be $400 to clean this. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. I'm like, you don't want to like clean it? No, y'all, y'all can do it. No, the fact we, that they were cool about it makes me okay with it. You're like, okay, hey, you trashed it. Yeah, okay, charge me whatever. So, like, okay, we're cool. It's the people that are like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I didn't smash up your car. No, no, you did smash up my car. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um. So let me ask you about that situation, right? Um. The that agreement says something on the back that they have to pay you. If you're without a rental car for a while, right? Or something to that effect? Something to that effect. It's like, I mean, I don't know the legal language, but it's basically like if they put you out of, then they have right. to pay whatever you need to replace. Them. Yeah. So a lot of insurance companies won't cover that, though. That's out of pocket, out of their pocket. Is that right? Correct. And, you know, there's there's all kinds of things, but we try to keep it as complete as possible okay. on the back. I mean, it doesn't say you smashed up my car, like Dave said. It's pretty thorough, and, right. you know, it's got a lot of that legal language that it's not going to come to me right now, but, right. yeah. So, I mean, it's it's like, it's it's very, You could, if you wanted to, go after If you somebody. wanted to push the issue. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you the, like, the right to do it. What happened with the van, and, and I know these people. They're super sweet people, right? But But the problem is, is that they wrecked the van after she wrecked her car, and, like, she shows up, and... I don't know whose idea it was to give her a loaner car. She's on the, she's not on the do not rent list. She's on the asterisk list in our shop management software, which says no marketing. Like these right. people need to go. You oh. need to be yeah. really careful here. Yeah. And so she's on that list. We should have known better than than renting her a car, let her use a car, right? Because she pulls into the parking lot and she's like, "My car is making a funny sound ever since y'all worked on it." And they said, "Okay." Can you tell me what the sound is? Not really. It's just, it doesn't drive right. And so one of the technicians walks out, walks down with her to look at it. And the entire side of the car is like ripped apart. And there's this big <laughs> yellow and blue mark down the side of the car. And the, the right rear tire is completely flat. She's driven for miles to get to the shop. And the tire's like ground off of it. It's broke control arms. It's just, and we're like, you wrecked. Sounds like, like she hit like a a retaining or like yeah, a wall or something. It exactly. was painted yellow. And and we said you you've wrecked. You've hit something. She said no, I have not hit anything. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, you like the evidence is here, darling. We're friends. We've known each other for a long time. I promise you've hit some. I Lucas, I have not hit anything. I'm telling you, I've not hit anything. I. I <laughs> look at the car <laughs> you've hit something and she like genuinely believed she hadn't hit anything what do you i had somebody bring me back a vehicle just reeking of cigarettes the guy complained to the whole time that he like you're taking too long on my car taking too long on my car taking too long on my car it's one of those situations where you're like hey i'm gonna overdo it so you don't feel like i wronged you yeah that car like he had hit something with the car it lost my gas cap, had stuffed wads of paper towels into the gas cap hole. Like, to instead of putting a gas cap or going down to the parts store and, hey, I'm going to replace this gas cap because I've lost it. No, no. Paper towel, just wads of paper towel just shoved in there. The entire vehicle reeked of 
of cigarettes. He cut one of the leather seats, like he had ripped it, and now it was like the the thing was just flopped over, and you could see the the cushion. And then we're like, "Hey, what happened to this car? Nothing. What are you talking about? Like, what did you do to my loaner here? So I didn't do anything with loaner. We're keeping my car keys." <laughs> Dude. What'd you do? Did you just give him his car key? I mean, like, what do you do in that situation? Do you just because I mean, like, you can get into a very confrontational situation just like that. You, you can. Um, I mean, hopefully, you have an agreement that they signed that right? says that they trash your car and they're gonna. And again, you have some people that no matter what you do, they're not gonna pay. I mean, at what point you have to like get a lawyer involved or or something else? There's a couple of things I would I would always recommend. Number one, make sure the person has full coverage insurance. If they mm. bring you in a car that looks like it costs about $2,000, they're not really a candidate for a loaner car yeah. because their vehicle probably 100% does not have comprehensive coverage on it if they have a beater themselves. So, you know, that's you hate to profile people too much, but if, if their car is not really in good shape, maybe they're not a good candidate for a loaner car. Um but yeah, you. I mean, the agreement is a big thing. Full coverage insurance. Um, I have a crazy story um, where you know, and again with the, the insurance, I have people ask me all the time. Well, how do I know? And um, I recently heard that finally the insurance companies are going to create a database where you can check a policy. Oh, that's. Cool. I mean, which I've been saying for years, like. If we could just type in a policy number and we could see its update, what kind of coverage they have, that would be phenomenal. So prior to that, and still today, until they get this database going, um, really the best bet is when someone hands you their insurance card, um, make sure it's not cut rate insurance either. You know, you look yeah. at it and they've, I don't know, different parts of the country have different things, but the general progressive is really not necessarily great. I mean, they offer really low rate insurance with not a lot of coverage for other people's cars. Right. Geico is another one that's, again, questionable whether or not they're going to cover another car. Really, to call, I mean, I know it's a pain, but to call that number on there and say, is this policy, number one, up to date? Yeah. Has it been paid for? Because here's my story. Um, um, a high-end German repair shop, mm -hmm. newer Mercedes-Benz, a uh, guy comes in with a new, new-ish Mercedes, expensive car. And so, of course, you're assuming this guy's got, you know, a fifty dollars or $60,000 car. He hands me his insurance card, all is well, drives off on their car, DUI, totals it, like flips it upside Holy down. Cow. Yeah. I mean, totaled. Right. They go to make the claim on his insurance he hadn't paid his insurance policy. I mean, you know how that you pay it monthly. Right. Yeah. And they'll give you a card that says it's got so like my months. card yeah. is a year. Mm -hmm. And how do you know that that policy that, is that in good standing? Good, yeah. And so I'm hoping that this new database thing that they come out with is something that we can link to. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, Anytime you try to get data, there's a charge. I'm hoping it's affordable as well, where we can say, hey, if you want this, where we can link into this Just you know, insurance bureau or whatever it's called, you type in the policy number, maybe you have that to, whatever, awesome. and then we say, you know, this policy is expired, not up to date, um, you know, not in good standing. Well, so um, my experience, I, I had three cars wrecked virtually back to back. And it was like literally weeks after I got shop loaner. Like, I mean, weeks. Yeah. And the first one was absolutely not her fault, right? And and to tell you was how- that the Odyssey? Yeah, that was the yeah. Odyssey. And it scared me to death. I mean, it absolutely scared me to death. I was like hardcore. I was shaking. I was so nervous about what happened. She was like right down the road from the shop. And she's she's trying to turn into this road. And a tire truck, like somebody that we buy tires from, takes off and pulls out of the shop and takes off down the road. And he's running 65 mile an hour. He's not even looking. He's like looking at his phone or something. And the owner of the company finally called. And he's like, look, I'm so sorry. I don't even know what to say. But he was looking down. And it shortened that van by almost two feet, right? Like the van was shorter than it was. And like put her in the hospital, put her little 16-year-old daughter in the hospital. And I felt terrible. And I was like, oh, my God. 
and and so to tell you how bad it was, the insurance company came back and they're like, whatever you need to replace your van, whatever you need to to be whole, you need money for rental, whatever you need in the meantime until you replace your van. Here you go. I gave forty five hundred dollars for that van, and they gave me ninety four hundred dollars back. Right. Nice. Two days later, a veteran had uh, loaned our Avalon, and we got his car done, and we call him, and he won't answer. We're like, hey, got your car done. Send him a message through shop loaner. Hey, your rentals ex- or your loaner's expiring. It's time to return the loaner. Still won't answer. And we call him, and we call him. He can't get a hold of him. We text him. We email him. The whole nine yards. Can't get him anywhere. And so at 3 a.m., I start getting all these voicemails on the shop phone. And my phone's just like going off one right after another. So I listen to the voicemail and he's like, you loaned me a piece of shit. And like he's he's slurring his words and I can't understand anything he's saying. And so I, I didn't know what else to do. I tried to call him back. He's like, yeah, it won't go. It won't go. It just won't go. And so I, I didn't know what else to do. I called the local police department. And I'm like, hey, can you go find out what's going on? Like it's an hour from where I'm at. It's 3 a.m. What else am I going to do? So yeah. I call him. And they go out, and they they find him, and they said, we don't believe that he's intoxicated. We believe that he's having a, a episode, episode and and he's disoriented. He we, He's either taking a medication that he wasn't supposed to take before or something like that. We believe that he's just disoriented. He doesn't know where he's at. He's, he's hit something with the car. Now, it was just steering and suspension damage. It wasn't a big deal. And would you believe that he walked in the shop the next morning? And he brought us a, a apology card, and he walked in the shop, and he said, I'm so sorry. How much do I owe you? Oh, wow. And so we went in. We charged him for what we thought it was going to take to fix it, and then we found more damage, which was another $1,000. And he said, man, he said, don't worry about it. He said, I'll come in and pay it. And I'm thinking, oh, man, he's never going to show up. Nope. Showed up an hour later and hmm. paid for it. Wow. And I thought, for like, him. how lucky is that? You know? Yeah. You got lucky. You lucked out. And then the, the very last one was the uh, Pontiac Vibe. You remember the Vibe story? No. She hits a deer in my Pontiac Bob, and she she's going down the road. Too. Yeah, she hits a deer. She calls and she says, "Hey, I've hit a deer, and I've damaged the car. Don't worry, I've got insurance. I've got full coverage. You're good to go. No problems." She brings the car back, and we've got her car still. She says, "I've bought another car. We'll sort out the deal with my Volvo soon. But for right now, is it okay if it stays here?" And I said, "Yeah, that's fine." She walks out the door after dropping the loaner off. We've looked at the car; it's clearly in bad shape, probably totaled pick up the phone to call the insurance company insurance company calls and or says hey she canceled that policy this morning <gasps> and she had canceled the policy and got insurance from another company before she brought the car back right and i said well is there anything i can do about this go ahead was the insurance policy on the form and valid the day she wrecked the car it was but she didn't have a police report she so didn't proof that it was that day. Yeah. Right. Oh. And so the insurance company and I, I called my insurance agent and they said, you know what? For the aggravation that you're going to go through to make her pay for it, let us just put it on your policy. Right. It's not going to make that big of a deal. Let us just put it on your policy and be done with it. I'm like, okay. But I mean, like it was one right after another. And and I don't even know that the dude with the uh with the Avalon would have paid if it wasn't for the agreement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that puts the fear of God in them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if all of a sudden they're the, going through. Have you seen the agreement? Yeah, I, I've seen a demo of the, the at, online demo, thing. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I think it was, it was here even. You know, um, there's another um, it, it, a thing that I would bring up about that, too, on the on the agreement. I always tell people it's so important to make sure all the fields on the front are filled out. Because when you're writing them by hand, there's a tendency for people just to scribble down a name maybe a phone number, and then hand somebody the keys. Um, but one of the things that's really important is the, the time stamping. You know, yeah. whether it be like they had the cars on these days for whatever reason, um, date out, and we t- we basically time stamp that as you save the agreement, meaning I'm saving it now, and that means they're taking the possession. Uh, but also the due date. You wouldn't think that would be that important, but that's my one of my other crazy stories. Um um, one of my customers had changed their policy not to take checks anymore, mm-hmm. cash or credit card only. Just burned too many times by bad yeah. checks, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So this lady comes in to pay for her repair, and it's a couple thousand dollars probably. 
and she wants to write him a check. And they're like, sorry, you know, this is uh, this is not um, our policy anymore. We don't take checks. And so she says, okay, let me let me just leave for a little bit, and I'll go get cash, and I'll, I'll just go to the bank, and I'll just, you know, get cash yeah. and bring it back. So they agree. But she drives off in the loaner car to go get the cash. She doesn't come back. When she's gone for weeks after that, clearly didn't have the money to pay for the repair. And by the way, they were not my customer when this happened, but became my customer after it happened because they did not have a due date on the policy. And they ran into where they tried to call the police and say, this woman has stolen our car. I'm like, okay, let me see the agreement she signed um, that you gave her when she took the car away. And there was no due date on it. And they're like, well, you gave her an open-ended contract. Like, there's nothing on I here that not says that. there's nothing on here that says that she has to bring this car back at any time. So the police really were not helpful at all. What did they end up doing to get the car back? I think they just kept like stalking her until they figured out like they had her home address and they just kept going after it until they finally found her and they took the car themselves. They took possession of the car themselves, and that can be dangerous oh, too. Yeah, but you can get yeah, shot oh, yeah. Doing that. oh yeah. I have a. Well, I have a car dealership story on that one, though. It's, again, don't want to scare people, but um, Chicago and these car dealerships, all these high-end car dealerships were getting hit with um, people just, they break the glass and they know the keys to all these new cars are inside this car dealership. Yeah. So they go in and they steal the keys and then they steal the cars. Um, and so we talked about the GPS tracking and all that stuff that we do for shops. And it's, you know, one of the things we, we can, we can do, but we do it for other, um, vehicles as well. And, um, the shop got this, this was a dealership. They, they got hit and stole a bunch of navigators. Mm -hmm. And so they take off driving and they quickly take these vehicles that were new vehicle and put them into loaner service so they can turn the telematics on in them and find the cars. So he's calling the police. He's like, I'm seeing these cars. Can you help me? Can you help me? Not a whole lot of help. And by the time they find the cars, they've been totaled. Um, They rip the headliner out of the car to because they know they're being followed, I think, at this point. Right. To take the satellite tracking out. This was like the, you know, Ford and Lincoln has like a – Ford Pass and Lincoln Way. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of like OnStar, and yeah. they all have those type of things. So they knew that that satellite was in the headliner, mm-hmm. and they ripped it out. Two weeks later, they have now bought a safe for all the new car keys, and they have them in there. Except guess which keys they didn't put in? The loaner car yeah. keys. So they break the window again, and he gets notification from the like the alarm company that someone's broken in. He said the first thing he did before he even left his house was pull up my um, our system yeah, to and start car. to see where the cars were. And because the police were not helpful the first time, what he did was he said, okay, this is the street I'm in or I'm on, south side of Chicago. I see my car behind a fence. Like you're either going to come here and help me or if this is being recorded right now that you're not coming to help me. Right. And I'm going to get – you know, if I get hurt, injured, whatever, trying to recover my my own vehicle, and what do you know that the police showed up? But yeah. he found the cars himself first, right? And then called the police. You know, more than once, like I, I have gone and looked up to see where a car's at. Like you just get this funny feeling about somebody, and like they won't answer, or something's a little weird about it. And you'll go look the car up, and and like at least you see the cars moving. At least you see that they're they're active and and they're not like way long gone or anything like that and that that's been a big thing for me because like we had here recently we had one that it just seemed like she was dodging us and and it come to find out she wasn't dodging us what she was doing is she she worked in like different areas and so i kept saying like i wonder if she's dodging us i wonder if she's dodging us i went i pulled it up and i'm like she ain't got no cell phone service there Right, GPS yeah. is seeing her, but she doesn't have cell phones. Or she's not dodging us. She just doesn't have a way to answer her phone. Mm. She doesn't even know we're calling. And so yeah. then a few minutes later, like the car's out of that area, and she calls us back and says, "Hey, you know." Yeah. So it gave me a lot of comfort knowing that for sure. Now, do you have out of bounds alerts set up mm-hmm. on yours? I do. And speeding alerts? Yeah, I do. Nice. And, and do I, you get those very often? Sometimes, usually when I'm driving the cars. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't, nobody else really gets those, but like um, occasionally I'll get out of bounds, and like it's it's been really interesting because my really good clients. Like the people that you look at and you say, 
that's a good client. That's somebody that's, they'll call and they'll say, hey, I, I need to go out of town. Would it be okay if I take the loaner? Yeah. And, and you know, you have that conversation with them and a few minutes later you see it go out of, out of bounds. But then you have other people who it'll go out of bounds and they won't say a word, right? And they yeah. won't, you know, and I. What's her bounds? Uh, mine is like a hundred mile radius because. A hundred mile radius and they're driving past that? Dude, a hundred mile radius where I'm at is not that far. Really? Ugh. So yeah, I agree with you. I think certain parts of the country, a hundred miles isn't a whole lot. Yeah. And other parts, you know, you know, you just don't want to see. I mean, we can also do things like set up. Um, so we set up a geofence around your location. We have this little imaginary line around mm-hmm. where you're located, so we know where your home base is. But we can set up geofences other places too. Oh, that's cool. So like, if we set up a geofence, like let's say on a border, mm-hmm. and I won't name any specific, but, you know, you see, like, maybe you don't want to set it up right on the border. You want to set it up as someone would be approaching a border. Yeah. We could even, like, give you an alert that said somebody had crossed into that area. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you want to know something really cool that I have, I didn't, it wasn't intentional. It was, like, completely unintentional. When we moved to the new shop, I never re-geofenced the new shop. But the old shop is right down the street from the new shop. So now I have like a 30-second head start to see that my loaner car is coming back because it's popping up and it says, your loaner car is arriving. Before, whereas like when it came in, you were getting it the second they hit the lot. Hmm. Now I get a 30-second head start. Like we know, hey, this client's the one pulling in the driveway. Do you you want it fixed? I don't know. I kind of like it the way it is. Nice. It's working pretty good. So are you gonna are you gonna get shop liner? Sure, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. I'll just give you your username and password back. Done. I mean, I done and done and prompt me for the credit card and I'll I, put it in. I just don't. What I found with the paper forms and like everybody was advocating for using paper forms for the longest time. But I can do all this online, right? I think yeah, like I don't have to fill anything. No. We don't have paper. Well, I don't and, have a and that was the problem. Is like oh. it, they yeah. wouldn't get filled out. Now we can text them. Yes. So they yeah, can that's, fill it that's, out. Yeah, that's yeah. So they can fill it out online. The other cool thing, and and the thing that I think stands out to me is like the maintenance alerts, because we get super busy and we're like, oh man, we'll get it next time. Oh man, we'll get it next time. You start feeling really bad when you're like, that car has not had an oil change in nine thousand miles. Yeah, you're <laughs> right? abusing your own cars. What are you yeah. doing? No, that's what I'm saying. Like they just stay out all the time, and like every time I look at it, I'll, like we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll yeah. get it. You know. But it alerts you, so you know that, hey, it needs to be serviced. I get frustrated when customers call me, and they're like, hey, there's something wrong with your car. And I, and I, I get, you know how you were saying that, you like, I get a little curt with my customers on the phone? I get curt really quick, and I go, listen, there's nothing wrong with that car. You're doing something wrong. I had a lady call me, and she was like, how do you get the key out of the Like, she kept calling and calling, and Juan was, was tied up with something, and I'm like, I picked it up. And she's like, hey, it's whatever her name was. And she, I'm like, hey, how you doing? She's like, I've got your car. I'm like, okay. There's something wrong with it. I'm like, and I, I, like, I immediately start to feel like I'm getting angry because there's nothing wrong with these cars. Like, they're they're fine. If there is something wrong, we tell them. It's like, hey, this little light will flash at you. Ignore it. Uh, she she calls and she's like, yeah, I can't get the key out. And I'm like, what, what do you mean you can't get the key out? She's like. Is there a trick to it? Like, no. No. Did it start and run okay? She's like, yeah. Is the car off? She's like, yeah. I just can't get the key out. And I go, okay, well, let's let's start over. Let's start the whole process. You start the car for me. She's like, yeah. Okay. Go ahead and turn, move it back to accessory. She's like, okay. And I go, and I, I asked her that first. So I'm like, you got in park, right? Yeah. She's like, well, obviously. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, one more click. She's like, yeah, go ahead and pull it out. It doesn't slide out. She's like, oh, it came out. I'm like. <laughs> she didn't and turn I go, it all the way back. And I know. I go, you're in a Buick. She's like, yeah. Well, the Buick's got a listening to the radio setting where you flip the key one more and it'll just let the radio come on and nothing else. I remember and those days. Yeah, and I'm I mean, like, you have is... a really old car there. I used to drive an Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme that was there like that. There you go. <laughs> and I'm like, this is old GM. Yeah. Did, you, did you notice that you've got two keys, one for the door, one for the ignition? Yeah. She's like, yeah, my dad had a car like that. And yeah. I go, uh-huh, this is a car like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, my, 
Mine was my mom's old car. I used to drive an Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. And they were such good cars. They were oh, not good people, cars. People what are, are you like, talking you got a muscle about? Car. <laughs> Listen, they were good cars, David. Um, are you talking like rear wheel drive Cutlass Supreme or front wheel drive? Oh yeah, now those were awesome cars. They were built in the same chassis as the as the uh, the Buick uh, Grand Nationals. Yep. Yep. And you, yeah, they were those were cool cars. They it were had a cool. lot of play in the steering wheel, as I remember. Well, it was probably something broken. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, and my mom was like, "Oh, it's fine." Yeah, like, it's you fine. say that some of those lights will come on, just ignore it. And she's like, "You just got to get used to it." Well, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here and visualizing as David's getting upset, saying, "There's nothing wrong with that car," and she's saying, "Yeah, actually, there is," and you know, it transitions screenshot over to her. Wrapped around the telephone pole in your car. So the like the coolant level sensor went out, and so it kept saying "add coolant, add coolant." So we fixed that. That got fixed. For whatever reason, on that car, it doesn't have a tire pressure sensor. It uses the ABS uh, sensors, yeah. the wheel speed sensors. So you've got to have four tires that are of the same diameter. And I don't know if I've got to reset something or something. Anyway, the tires are fine. The air pressure is fine. That stupid light will just randomly tire pressure, tire pressure. And I, everybody freaks out. We have a 2008 Jetta that does that. And well, it's those, like the tires are fine. Got, it might, maybe got, the sensor might be the, bad. Those have sensors. They definitely have sensors. But why it keeps coming on when, the you know, check the tires. They're all fine. Add, the know. battery's probably conked out Starting on the sensor. Week, yeah. yeah, the yeah. the batteries uh, they're only good for like seven years. So Technically, you're like my 2008 Jetta is in need of a. It needs TPMS sensors, and people get freaked out because you're like, "Hey, you're these sensors are all gonna go? One's bad now, but eh, yeah. they're all gonna go." Right? Well, how much? Uh, that's, I don't know. It's like two hundred fifty, two hundred seventy five dollars each to do. Oh, I don't, I don't. Can you just take it out? No, <laughs> I can't just take it out and slap it. I'm that like, is a you, federal law. Is it? That is a federal law. Everybody says that. Nothing oh, is a is federal a, law. We have, that's why we have a category for recalled vehicles because there's a federal law that says if you have recalls on a vehicle. Now, it wouldn't apply to most of the shops, but if you have recalls on your vehicle and let's say you had a fleet of a certain number of cars, you have to remove all those cars from your fleet. Fix the recall up to safety standards before you can put them back in. Yeah. That's the law. Yeah, you can't just like fix them one at a time and let people uh, keep renting, keep them driving keep them. You kind of have to them. prove that you've removed them from your fleet. Mm. Let's see. Hang on, I'm going to read it to you here, David. We went to some sketchy website, Counterman.com. Oh, okay, they're here, by the way. Are they? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I, it, it's all one in giant conglomeration now. They're all under one. I think it's all Endeavor now. Counterman's I, I Endeavor. I'm they pretty were sure part of that. Basically, it says the if trip, it's equipped, you can't take it. You out? cannot take it off. It is a federal law that you cannot take it off once you, even if it's faulty. Mm-hmm. You have to replace it with a new one. Yeah, I have to replace it with a new one. Um, let's see right here. Hang on, hang on. No, I'm changing the subject. I'll hurry. Uh, da 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 da. <sighs> Anyway, either way, I don't want to take equipment off of somebody's car because they're trying to get around having to pay to fix it. It's like, look, I understand if you don't want TPMS sensors, there's plenty of 1997 to 2003 vehicles that you can pick up that have no TPMS sensors. According to the law, a manufacturer, distributor, dealer, or motor vehicle repair business may not knowingly make inoperative any part of a device or element designed uh, of design installed or in a motor vehicle or motor vehicle equipment in compliance with an applicable motor vehicle safety standard prescribed under this chapter. And TPMS is prescribed under that chapter. Seatbelts, airbags. They, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. It's all under it. You, I don't think I've ever had anybody say something about airbags and be like, hey, can you take that thing out? I had somebody ask just the other day, can you put a used airbag in my car? And I'm like, absolutely not. A used? Yeah, he's like, out of a wrecked vehicle? He's like, I looked it up. It's legal. And I said, I, it might be legal, but I don't know if it's a Takata bag. I don't know. It's dangerous. And he said, what well, those Takata like, bags are. Well, no, Tuck it's, it's no, one no, that's it's not been like, oh, it's not, deployed. Oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Like, get it from like a scrapyard yeah. or something? But most of the time, the most of the time, the problem is, I, I, and this is what I tell most people, is we can do that, 
but we may install it and it may have it may have popped the squib or there may not be continuity in the circuit and so it's going to throw an airbag light which is what you're trying to fix you don't know if that thing is is actually functional until you plug it in and then test it do you like that i i went to the fact that you're going to put one that is actually oh yeah (laughs) good good thought laura like you can reuse that no uh, look, I mean, we can try. They come out at 200 miles an hour. Like they, boy, no, you ever been hit by one? My, my daughter just got hit by somebody. She was on an away rotation in California, all alone, driving her cousin's car. But it wasn't her fault, and the insurance covered. It all worked out fine. That's fantastic. But some guy wasn't paying attention. He had a stop sign. She had, you know, she had no stop sign on the the mm-hmm. you know throughway. He pulled out like almost head on That's because crazy. of the way the roads were, right. you know, and it, but it hit her in the hand. And yep. of course she wound up with the typical seatbelt uh, bruise, but her yeah. hand was all cut up. I, I think the scariest crash I was ever in. And, and then this crash, it got my dad's arms. He had a hold of the steering wheel and, and, you know, they tell you 10 and two, but the problem is if you're holding a steering wheel at 10 and two, when the airbag comes out, if you're actually holding on to the steering wheel, it the will gases, burn you. Yeah, the gases like that it will burn your arms. Hers came across the top of her hand, and then like her thumbs were right. burned and cut. Well, so I, I'm always like left hand on the steering wheel, right off to the side. And so I will never forget when I was a kid, we were heading off. Like that video I sent you the other day, probably about three miles right past that. We're riding down the road. There's a dump truck on the side of the road, and this woman and her elderly mom are in a Ford Aerostar. And she backs up to see if a car's coming on the other side of the dump truck. And she doesn't see us because we're already past the dump truck. And she nails it, and she pulls out in front of us. Well, the mom had stuck her head, like probably 84, 85 years old, had stuck her head up in the windshield to try and look and see if a car was coming. And when the airbag went off, I'm looking at her face, and it's smashing her face against the windshield. Oh, no. And she was okay. But, I mean, she was, she was like, tore up, dude. She was bruised and battered it was awful yeah that I, will mess you up yeah so yeah. you don't put like your feet up on the yeah. on the yeah. dash yeah. that airbag comes out yeah those legs are not going to be there well, i tell longer. my kids that all the time put your feet down yeah um i have one more little thing you mentioned the text message mm-hmm. um which this is another great feature for you dave um and the reason i love it i don't know do you do it where you go to the reservation screen first mm-hmm. and reserve the car yes. and the reason i love that is because again if you're promising you know, someone in a car, and I've called you and said, you know, I have to have transportation. I've got kids and, you know, all these things. What's the worst thing that could happen? I show up with my car, and you don't have the loaner car there. It is miserable. It sucks so bad. So you reserve that car and send me a text message or an email to fill out all the information for you. But it kind of, like, puts it all rolling and takes care of it. I mean, that, to me, is so quick to get an agreement filled yes. out. I will tell people, you know, someone's smartphone has been, sp- I mean, it's spying on me right now. Right. It knows everything about me. So as soon as I start filling out that agreement on my phone, it fills in about 75% of it yep. for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so. And and that that is the way we do it. And it it is down to the point that if you, like it will upset people, we will send it to them. And we explain to them, if it's not filled out when you come in. Yeah, you cannot. You right, cannot take you have to fill this out. Once they fill it out once, do they have to go back in and fill out a second, third, fourth, fifth time? We actually, when we send them the link, we leave the data fields empty. And again, we're a software company. So one of our big things is security and oh, personal information yeah. security. So one of the things we don't want to happen is, let's say you say, oh, Laura, I'll put you in a car. I just need your mm-hmm. mobile number. You type it off by one digit or something. And, it and now you it. sent someone else all my personal information. Yeah. So we put in the first and last name. And, you know, like things that aren't super sensitive, but mm-hmm. we don't put in like they have to fill in their address. They have to refill that in every time. And again, if it's on, your phone pretty much fills it in pretty yeah, quickly for you. What about your connection to the SMS? Does it pull the information from there for them or no? Not not on their own personal text. Okay. Um, again, it will be in your system from Shopware, TechMetric, et cetera, but... Um, it'll be pulling in if you did it yourself. But when we send them that text link, 
we do not have those data fields filled in for them for the most part because of security, like just sensitive data. We would never want someone to get someone else's sensitive data. I, I've been on the shopware. I keep telling Monique, I'm like, hey, we keep forgetting to put addresses in shopware. Can you um can you cannot all, close out? Can you not pull the addresses out of shop owner because they have to have an address in shop owner? They can't get a car until they do. Can you not look that up? Well, I, of course I can, but I, I just wish it was on. Uh, I would just so look I didn't it up. have to type it in. No, I'll just look it up. It, it is a big deal because we send out so many mailers. Yeah. By the way, now I remember I gotta I gotta get my mailer out. <laughs> we send out so many mailers that if we don't have an address, it like I freak out because I, I look at the count, and if it, at the end of the month my account has not increased, because we always get like bad addresses. It happens. And you get back, you erase those addresses out. So we're now down. So we got to get that number back up. And if I see it keep like creeping down, I freak out. Anyway, you freak out. Yeah. I was, well, thank you. This was good. <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> for being here. Now, and, and share your website again. Uh, my name's Laura Tierney, and our company is Shop Loaner. We help you with all your loaner car headaches, and it is shoploaner.com. Very cool. And I, I personally can vouch for them, they're awesome. You can vouch for them soon. I want sure. to see you using it. Yeah, I'm all over it. All right. As long as I don't have to do a demo. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.